I need to smile, son. It's been a while, son. He picked me up to set apart from all the piles, son. And I was just another kid on the block. I never did a thing to get where I got. Yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah. We can turn the whole world around. I'm in the backseat, really trying to hold it down. And if you up now from the lost and found, then get your hands up high and your shoulders down. And say, we can turn the whole world around. I'm in the backseat, really trying to hold guys did you guys enjoy the little uh recap of the outreach we did that was awesome man we've had a good summer um we have something special taking place tonight that i'm very excited about but before we move forward in the night i first have a very special announcement this is a this is an announcement that's very very close to home if you know what i'm talking about if uh if you were here back in november we announced that my wife Gabrielle Smith came on staff with us and we said that she was going to go through a process and a program of pastoral development because she came on to co-pastor the ministry right alongside me. So not just like a woman's pastor, but just co-lead with me. And she has now completed that program, that process. And so I just want to invite Gabrielle out because we want to celebrate. Could you guys take, take a moment to celebrate? And we just have a little something uh, for you. We just wanted to pray over you. I just wanted to say I am proud of you. Thank you for saying yes to God. You, you came all the way from Arizona and married me. And now you are working alongside me. And you've just been, she was a, she was a, 
pre-K special ed teacher uh, right before coming on staff and just followed what God was leading her to do, even though it was difficult because you love children so much. Uh, but she said yes to God when he was leading her to come and pastor you beautiful people. And I'm just so grateful that you said yes and that you're following your calling. I thank God for you that you have been anointed for this. And we're just so we're so grateful and we're blessed to have you here. So could you guys just extend your hands? And I, if Lona and Carl are here, I would love for you guys to just come out so we can all just as a team pray over you. And we even got Sarah out here with the flowers. <laughs> all right, so if you guys will stretch your hands, I just wanna pray. Ah, Lord, we thank you so much for Gabrielle. Lord, we thank you that you have called her. Lord, that you have anointed her that you've gifted her, Lord, with everything that you've put inside her for your purposes, Lord. I thank you for every life that she's going to impact, Lord. I thank you for the blessing that, that this place is to her, Lord. And I thank you for what you're developing in her. Lord, I pray that you will continue to birth Lord, kingdom purpose in her, God. Continue to pour out your vision, Lord, by your spirit. Empower her to walk in your ways, God, to walk in power and in authority and in full confidence and in faith in who you are and in who you are calling her to be, Lord. Have your way in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys can take the flowers. But... With that being said, you can stay out here with me. Uh, how many of you guys have been enjoying this Is It Healthy series? There we go. Have you guys been having some good uh, small group discussions based on it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a quiet one. You could have you said, yeah, like as enthusiastic as the last time you said yes, but that's okay. Because tonight, we're about to have a little small group discussion. Because you guys have said, man, I want to hear a little bit more uh, ways that I can walk this out. And so I wanted to invite some people up here. I'm going to be up here. Gabrielle's going to be up here. But will the rest of our panelists come out, please? Could you guys make some noise for Emmanuel, for Amy, and for David? You guys could do a little better than that. All right, thank you. <laughs> Man, we wanted to just take the opportunity to have a real conversation because we've talked about some hot topics, right? Maybe some topics that uh, you don't always hear discussed in church, but that are really important to our lives as young adults. And so I asked them all to come up here and just have a, an honest conversation about how some of these areas have, have played out in their lives, how they've been able to walk through certain things. Not that anybody has fully overcome everything that there is to overcome in our walk with Jesus, but we just wanted to have an honest conversation to maybe help us all. Because how many of you guys know when you hear somebody else's story, sometimes that is the encouragement that you need to keep moving forward. And the word says, man, in, in the book of Revelation, it talks about when Satan is defeated and it says that, that the believers overcame by the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus Christ that he shed, and the word of their testimony. Amen. And so what God has done in your life is so powerful, and it can break chains, and it can bring victory to other people. And so uh, if you guys are ready, I just want to pray, and then I want everybody to just introduce themselves, and then we'll get going. Cool? Yeah. All right. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for what you are doing in this place, Lord. I thank you for every individual who's in here. I thank you that there's nobody who's in here by coincidence. 
Lord, that you drew each and every one of us here at this time. You have us sitting here in Norcross, Georgia, or wherever we are watching online, Lord, focused in to hear what you want to say tonight. And so we open our hearts to you, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Help us, each and every one of us up here, to decrease, Lord, so that you can increase. Because it's not about us, Lord. It's all about you getting the glory. So may each and every one of us walk away with a deeper hunger for you, Lord, and a greater revelation of who you are. Would you have your way in this time in fullness, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I guess we can start to my right with just the intro. Tell us a little bit about who you are, man. Uh, so my name is Emmanuel, um, 27. Um, I came to Christ like fully in April of 2019, I got baptized. And since then, it's been, you know, that journey, that fight, you know, just to continue to maintain my spiritual spirituality and maintain my relationship with God. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been worth it. It's been one of the best decisions I ever made. So, yeah. If you guys can't tell, he's from London. <laughs> well, I'm Gabrielle. Um, do we have to tell our age? This is the Young Adults Ministry, so we're good. Um, <laughs> Um, I was saved like seven times, y'all, because I did not understand. Like, I felt like every time the pastor was like, you need to repent for your sins. I was like, yes. And so it was like seven times. But officially when I was 24, that's when um, I really gave everything and my all to Jesus. And so it's been a journey since then. What's up, everybody? I'm Amy. I am 27 years old. I came to the Lord when I was 17 years old, and like Gabrielle, I got saved maybe 20 times. Um, and <laughs> I feel like I started to really take my walk with the Lord more seriously about probably like four years ago, five years ago. I started to really understand um, that God truly wanted a relationship with me personally. Um, I grew up in a lot of religion. Um, always striving, always trying to gain God's love and approval. And the Lord really started to show me like, no, I, I want your heart. I want a relationship with you. And I think that's where the journey for me really just took a turn. Um, so I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah. <laughs> What's good, y'all? I'm David. Um, I'm 23 years old, you know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I found Christ like in 2016, so um, I'm still walking through it. I'm not gonna hold y'all and, you know, still walking through it, but yeah, that's it. All right, bet. <laughs> so one, I just wanted to say thank each and thank you to each and every one of you guys for being up here and being willing to do this because it's not easy, uh, but I'm excited because I believe in each and every one of you guys, and I believe that you guys are a blessing already to us, and you're gonna be even more of a blessing tonight, so thank you. Um, so you guys, if you haven't been here um, for all the weeks of this series, we've done three messages so far, uh, and, and the concept has been called, Is It Healthy? And the idea is this. As Christians, we have to stop asking the question, is it okay for Christians to do X, Y, Z, fill in the blank? Because we're not called to live satisfactory lives but God wants us to live fully healthy lives. And so we're gonna mature to asking the question, is this healthy for me to do as a disciple of Christ? And so uh, the first 
topics that we covered, the first message, we covered the topics of drinking, of smoking weed, and of partying. And so I want to kick off the discussion just talking about that. Uh, and I, I want you guys to kind of answer this question. I want to see what resonated with you guys and how you guys have walked through some of this. Uh, but I have kind of three parts of the question that I, want to, that I wanted to ask you. One, how has, if there's a particular area that resonates with you, how has God led you in this area? What steps have you taken? And what boundaries have you had to set up? in this journey? Because we want to talk about practically walking through this and the day-to-day how-to. So, uh, so yeah, y'all can jump in. Who's first? I'll go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So with me, um, you know, partying, drinking, all that, like, coming up, being an athlete, that was kind of the environment. That was what we knew. And, yeah, I gave my life in 2019, but I always knew of God because my mother raised me in the church. So um, I always knew that, God exists, and I always know I'm supposed to do the right thing. But of course, being in an environment, that's, that's how you mingle, that's how you make friends, that's yeah. how you grow, like in that kind of fraternal mindset. So um, it was one of the most difficult things I had to do because I drank a lot. Okay. And you know, being a big guy, you don't take one little <laughs> shot. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But see, the thing was, I was taking a couple, like, too many shots, and I wouldn't feel it, and then boom, yeah. it would hit me. And so, it, this kept happening and, you know, bad stuff kept happening as a result just because of, you know, I'd be more aggressive and, you know, just things like that as far as, like, with my friends and they just wouldn't recognize me. And so it was one of those things where I had to change and things had to shift. And um, I had to kind of go to God. I'm like, God, look, like, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to be, you know, using alcohol as a coping mechanism anymore. I don't want to use partying or social um, gatherings to escape the darkness I feel in my room. So... That was something I had to do, and, and, and the steps I took was I, uh, I made a vow with God. I was like, listen, God, like, if you can get me to a newer place, if you can get me out of this shadow of who you've called me to be, um, I won't drink again. And that was, that was my, my conviction, my testimony. That's, that's something that I had to stand on, and I had to be intentional about it by the friends that I kept because it was hard. Like, these are my teammates. These are my guys. And so I had to make sure I'm not in the places that, that they're doing you know, the things that kind of trigger me or enable me. And, um, yeah, it's hard, but like I said, it's necessary. And yeah. that's kind of what I've been ha- having to do to the point where it's not a problem anymore. It's, it's where it's like, okay, I've overcome this. Now we're on to the next, next battle. So. so you feel like not being in those environments? Yeah, yeah, being, being intentional about not being in those environments. And it's hard because all your friends are, you know, drinking or pre-gaming or taking yeah. shots and stuff. And yeah. these are things where... You know, it's like, oh, yeah, like you said in your testimony, oh, yeah, one shot's not going to hurt. Yeah. And then one shot turns into two shots, and two shots turns into three shots. And, you know, and now you're living La Vida Loca. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so that was one of the things I had to do. I had to really be intentional in my ways. But the great thing about being intentional is once you're intentional in one area of your life, it translates to many different cool. other areas of That's your dope. life. Yeah. And so, yeah, it became a building block. It became that first step onto many other things. So... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, anybody else want to answer that question? Yeah, Smoking, for sure. drinking, partying. Yeah. Your girl was crazy back in the day. That's all I got to say. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm serious. Um, I was crazy. <laughs> um, so my, my, if I can be brief, um, just kind of give a little context. Uh, I started drinking at a very young age. I would say probably like 14, 15 years old. Um, I went through a lot of trauma in my childhood. 
uh, grew up in a very dysfunctional home. The crazy thing is, is that I, I was in the church. You know, my, my mom and my dad were saved. We wouldn't go to church. But the problem was that there was no true example of Christ in my home. So I had never really encountered the love and the presence of God before. And so I wasn't saved. I didn't have any conviction of sin or anything like that. My parents uh, got divorced. And there was just a lot of things that I was dealing with as a young teenager. Um, and when you partner that with people that are partying and drinking and doing things, you know, it's going to tempt you. You're going to say, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Um, and so drinking for me was a coping mechanism. It was a way for me to numb the pain that I was, I was feeling and I was enduring at that time. And um, it was just a way for me to shut everything out. Um, but the way that the Lord has really uh, led me out of this place, and, and I'm going to be honest, the enemy doesn't stop tempting you. He's, even after you're saved, I mean, there was a moment where when I encountered the love of God for the first time, and I was actually thinking about this last night, um, where the desire to want to drink and to smoke and to party had immediately left me in that moment. I was experiencing the Lord in a way that I've never experienced him before. And what's interesting is that later on in my walk, I started to have these desires again, these temptations to want to drink and, and party. And, and, you know, you looking on social media and it looks like they're having more fun and you're just suffering and trying to figure out how to walk with Jesus. And I asked the Lord last night, I was like, why is that? Why is it that in that moment, like, I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to smoke. But then all of a sudden, you know, later on in my journey with the Lord, I've just want to do this stuff again and God is like because you took your eyes off of me wow something happens when we set our gaze and our focus and we make up our mind to say Jesus is my one and only desire he begins to remove these desires of of sin and of the world wow, and I started to realize now as I'm walking with the Lord is that I have to keep my eyes on God. It's not a, a, a okay, I'm going to wake up and my goal is I'm not going to sin anymore. Like, it, it's, no, Jesus, what can you teach me today? What do, what do you want to speak to me about, about my heart? Because our behavior, we have to focus on our behavior and say, all right, Lord, if I'm having this desire, the word says we're tempted according to our own desire. Mm. God himself does not have, does not tempt, has, has not the ability to, to produce evil. And so we have to look at our behavior and say, if I'm tempted to drink and smoke, God, have I removed my gaze off of you? Am I being distracted, Lord? Is there a trauma or a wound within my heart and my soul that you're trying to heal, but I'm using drinking as a mechanism to, to suppress it, right? Yeah. And so in short, what I can say, well, in long, uh, I've just <laughs> really just learned to just be still before the Lord and allow him to search the depths of my soul so that he can heal any brokenness that's within me. Because if my first response is not Jesus, something's going on, wow. right? And we have to pay attention to that. We have to pay attention to what's going on in our soul. That's so good. So um, I ain't going to hold y'all. You know, I was a party dude, you know what I'm saying? Um, and... I was just like, I remember I was in, last time I was in a party scene, club scene, I was asking myself, I remember I told my homeboy, I said, hey bro, you ever wonder what we just did? And like, why am I here? Mm. Um, 
just because it was more of a, you just, you're just dear to be there. I was just dear to be there. I was following the crowd. I was following my friends. It was like, yo, Dave, let's go up to this place, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, bet, let's get it. And it was just kind of like, it wasn't who I was really am. So I was, excuse me, I was talking to God when on my way back home and I was like, God, why am I in the club for? Like, like what? <laughs> like, why? Like, what's the point? And I remember he was just like, he was like, you gotta understand I have bigger things for you. And I was just sitting there and I'm like, oh snap, I got it. I heard from God just now. <laughs> and, um, and it was crazy because I never thought I would hear from God like that, especially in that setting, especially like leaving that setting. So um, yeah, it was just random. Like I was just like, all right, bet. I'm, I think I should just take a, a hold on this. And like, either, even with that, like my whole family, like, you know, they was just, yeah, I ain't gonna host ain't nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could, you ain't gotta call anybody else out, but if you could share what some of the challenge has been there. Yeah, you know. so the challenges is real, y'all. It's like it's like what Amy said, temptation's real. Um, and it's like what Van said the first night, you know, the, the night's still young, like, you know, yeah. seven o'clock, eight o'clock, I could go home, but instead of going home, I just went straight, you know, downtown. I'm like, all right, bet. Um, so the challenge for me just to kind of stop that was like, I'm a dancer, so I was like, all right, so how could I like figure out how to, you know, go here without dancing, how to, to not do this and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it was kind of crazy because I even spoke to God, I said, I need like something as an outlet. Um, and the next thing you know, I start meeting, you know, dancers across the church, and then next thing you know, we done start a whole dance ministry, so, yeah. It's dope. Yeah, man. I mean, that just reminded me of how, how long of a journey it was for me. You know, it's not something that takes place overnight, but you kind of like, you have different instances and occurrences. A few things that popped into my mind uh, just now as we were talking, because you talked about how you were raised. And one thing that I will say, especially as, you know, some of us are parents in here, uh, some, and many of us are future parents in here. One of the things that I can look back and, and say is my parents didn't drink. So I grew up with both of my parents, raised me in the church, and they didn't drink. And I will say that alone made it not as comfortable or familiar for me. And even though I ended up <laughs> out here in the streets, it took a little longer. Like I didn't drink until my sophomore year of college. And so, and after that, it was a, a, a quick fall. But I remember even all through high school, like my friends drinking and I just wasn't interested because it wasn't something that I was super attracted to and it wasn't something that was super familiar to me. But I think it's something to consider, you know, if you're somebody who's raising kids, uh, what you raise them to be comfortable with and to be comfortable around. Because if you are going to do certain things in front of your kids, just know that's going to become normal for them. And you want to be careful the normal you set for your children. Yeah. Cool? Um, yeah, so I, I, just, I just remember that being a, a situation. And one of the things that, as, you, as we talked about a couple times, even like the, the quick progression that happens, the quick fall, and you're like, all right, man, why am I, why am I even here? Um, 
One of the things that I actually meant to mention in that message is we talked about how like Jesus drank wine, right? And how, you know, it was more customary and treated more as a food than as a drug. So they're having it with meals and, and stuff like that. And then the command was to not be drunk. And so you can enjoy what God has created. And there's, you know, scripture says that, you know, God gave wine to gladden men's hearts, but not to abuse and become drunk. You wanna know what the big difference between wine and other drinks is? Wine is on average from like five to 11% alcohol uh, volume. Whereas like vodka to be sold in the United States has to have a minimum 40% alcohol volume. Tequila is the same, and tequila is oftentimes up at 60%. So the likelihood of you consuming that in like a real chill manner and not getting drunk is very low because you have to have a very small amount of it. And like, you know, how many people are just like slowly sipping, you know what I mean, one little shot of tequila throughout a night with a meal. That's typically not happening. And so wisdom, right? Something I wanted to mention. Okay. So uh, did, you, did anybody want to share anything else on that or you want to move to the next? All right, cool. So uh, the next message we talked about, uh, we talked about entertainment. Is it healthy what you watch and what you listen to? Was anybody challenged by that? Has anybody been finding it uh, like your eyes are kind of open to how you're spending your time? Because that was the main thing we were talking about, not about I wasn't going to come up here and say you shouldn't listen to this and you should listen to that and all that. It's just... This is, we're being trained how to think. We wanna think like Jesus. We don't wanna just like come to the pastor for the answers, may I do this, may I not. That's, that's not what this is supposed to be. Yeah. Discipleship is you're following and you're learning to be like this person, think like this person. So how would Jesus process through this? And so uh, Jesus is, is somebody who's going to invest his time to get a return on it. He talked about that over and over, eternal rewards, right? And so you're gonna invest your time to get a return on it versus just spending it and letting it fly out the window by just looking at your phone for seven hours. So with that being said, I just wanted to make sure we're all up to speed on what we talked about. Uh, how has that journey been for you guys? Like, you know, cause we're talking about what we listen to, music, movies, podcasts, shows, concerts, just whatever it is, what has that journey been like for you guys? Could you share a little bit of your story on that? Okay. Yeah. So my journey, um, I grew up in church. I was first Catholic, then I gave myself to Christ by a friend inviting me to church, but I was still like, I was a lukewarm Christian where I was like partying, turning up, watching whatever, and then getting saved on Sunday. Um, but what I learned is like, I actually did not filter anything that I watched. So horror movies were like, I just wanna be scared. I wanna go to the movies just to be scared. If you, has anybody like wanted to just be scared? It's okay, just raise your hand. It's okay, you don't gotta be fake, okay? <laughs> no, but for real, like I was like, yes, I can't wait to go see this movie so I could be scared. And then I go home and I'm scared cause I hear a little creak in the wall and I'm like, I'm like, who's in here? Nobody. And I used to go to the like bathroom and I'd hit the, the shower curtain to see if anybody was behind there, right? All because of what I was watching. So as I got saved and fully gave my life to Christ, God began to show me like, turn this off. And I was like, for real? He's like, turn it off. So I began to just listen. Like I would start to feel uncomfortable. Like discernment started creep, like he was like, 
turn this off. And I was like, and I started obeying those nudges. And the minute that I did that, I began to see just different shifts in my life. Like I was no longer fearful. I was no longer thinking these are having dark dreams. And then moving after that, even till this day, like there's like nothing on Netflix, Disney Plus at this point that is sanctified, y'all. Because for real though, because the enemy is coming in our entertainment disguised. He's disguised as a little thing. And it's like, now all of a sudden it's this, like, why'd you have to do that? But the thing is, if you have a relationship with God and you have the discernment in your spirit, he's going to nudge you when to turn something off. And as you obey, you're going to see that there's just so much fruit that you're going to bear. What you don't want to bear is fear. You don't want to bear is, oh, I'm struggling with pornography because I'm watching videos that girls are half naked or I'm struggling with this. So whatever you're entertaining, like myself, I was like, I want to now, is this bearing good fruit? And so when I'm done watching this, how do I feel? And I would just encourage you, that's kind of a, a check mark in my spirit. It's like, how do I feel when I'm done watching this? How do I feel when I'm, I'm done looking at this on YouTube? And normally, like, I'll catch it in the first, like, one minute. Like, me and him will be watching something. I'm like, great, got to shut it off. And I'm like, but it's getting good. And he's like, shut it off. <laughs> but the thing is, is because... Sometimes we go to battles that God did not call us to. And so we're going to watch this and it's like, oh, this is so, it's okay. It's not going to do anything like the Hallmark movie channel. Some of y'all are just struggling in relationships because you want him to look like that. It's like, no, he's not going to look perfect like that. But you perfect, baby. Thank you. But there's, I would just say, all jokes aside, you have to truly discern what you are watching because then after that, you're gonna see the fruit that you bear. And if it's good fruit, okay, but if it's bad fruit, you gotta start saying, okay, I can't watch this. There's, there's levels to what I'm watching. There's levels to what I'm entertaining. And so for me, I just limit all media at this point, like entertainment, and you could be like, oh my gosh, you're so weird. But at the same time, I don't want to be fighting the devil all the time, y'all. Like, I just can't. Thank you for sharing that. What's up, bro? So I ain't gonna hold y'all. <laughs> you uh, never gonna hold us, apparently. Look, look, look. <laughs> so when it came to the whole entertainment stuff, like, you know, I'm a big music dude. And for y'all that don't know me, you know, trap music, rap music, I'm all for it. Like, hop in my car, you know, bumping. And, you know, I was, remember I was talking to my friend too. He, I was like, um, you know, he was, I was like, bro, have you ever thought about if like music change you, like the way you talk and act? And he was like, nah, bro, nah, I don't. I said, yeah, it don't affect me neither. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and like, I was just like sitting there and I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, I'm driving, I'm listening to Future, I'm listening to Lil Uzi, I'm listening to all that. And, you know, I was listening to my homie, little Baby, you know what I'm saying? And, um, <laughs> but now, for real, like, I didn't really realize how much those artists was really kind of impacting the way how I carry myself and how, you know, it was, like, just impacting my life. Um, so even recently when my friend was in the car, was, you know, playing some little Baby, I ain't going to lie to y'all. And you don't have to, bruh. That's okay, cool, up, cool, 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 cool. That's what we up here for. The yeah, expectation yeah. is that you're not gonna lie to us. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I was listening to um, you know, one of his songs, and I was just in my car, and I'm just like, 
this is low key like dead. Like it's like I'm not gaining anything from none of this music. The only thing they're talking about is drugs, drinking, having sex, and I'm like, I'm not like that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, why should I be listening to something that I'm not like? Um, and then I just immediately like Gary, I just turned it off, and I'm like, that's like it just I got tired of it. Yeah. Um, so I remember I, you know, I, I talked to um, my other friend. I said, hey, bro, you got any good like Christian songs I could listen to? And he was like, yeah, bro, like, what are you looking for? I said, I need like some type of like rap music, like something like I could like rap to, not rap to, but like listen to it rap wise. And he was like, yeah, bro, check out, you know, 1K Few, check out, you know, all these artists that's literally sounding just like them, but they're talking about blessing, they're talking about the Bible, they're talking about other things. And I'm just sitting here in my car, I'm like, dang, I feel light for some reason. I'm like, <laughs> oh, snap. So um, the whole entertainment, and one thing I remember I was, um, and it just touched me when you was talking, like, my eyes, like I used to watch things on social media and I was addicted to pornography. And I was, it came to that point where I was just sitting there, I'm like, why am I watching this? Like, it, I don't like, I don't, I never understood why. Like I was just there watching it. After um, school, I'd be like, yeah, I'm about to go home and watch this and, you know, feed my eyes with all this lustful stuff. And um, I don't know, it just got me sad. Like I was just literally sitting there like, okay, cool. Like, like, hello, like, what's, like, what, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> like, literally, like, it's like, it was weird. And then I, I prayed, like, I literally prayed. I said, God, please heal my eyes from this because, you know, my, like, it's just you're watching something that you shouldn't even be seeing yet until you're married. And um, I just asked God to deliver me from that. So I don't know. And even with the whole social media thing, like, I remember I was calling my friend Daniel, and I was like, hey, bro, like, I need to clear out my feed because on my feed was like, you know how they say, like, you know, the, your feed is like what you're most attracted to, what you look up, they see it on your Instagram feed. Yeah. And you know, all you just see is just random things that wasn't not important. So for me, it was like the whole, um, you know, like ladies, women, just on my feed and showing their shoes or just showing body parts. And I'm like, bro, I'm gonna start liking houses, bro, because I don't want to look at <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so I was just like, <laughs> Well, like, for real. real, like, it was just, um, I just really want to clear my head from all that distractions because yeah. I know that God has something bigger for my life. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Did you want to share? Um, I can just say some real brief kind of piggybacking off of uh, what they were saying. Um, Y'all, the devil's tricks never change. They're always the same, right? So we have to be sure and we have to make changes in our daily life. One thing that your girl used to always do is right when I woke up in the morning, social media, <laughs> right in my face, you know, just scrolling and just looking at things like the devil pays attention to your mistakes. He pays attention to the traps that you fall into. And he's going to keep doing the same thing. And we have to use wisdom and say, OK, when I get up in the morning, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the Lord. Even if you start by just laying there, just thank you, God, and just start meditating. Because it's hard for me personally to get up dumb early in the morning. Like, the Lord and I are working on that, but it's just, it's just difficult. Like, I like to sleep. My husband knows, you know, my, my baby's in the crowd right there. You know what I'm saying? He knows that I don't like my sleep interrupted. Um, but I'm working on that, and I'm trying to, and there's moments where I reach over to grab my phone, but I just have to remind myself, like, no, the first thing that has to be on my mind is the Lord. Because if I'm already giving the enemy an opportunity into my mind and into my, my heart and, and all these different 
areas that we should be guarding, then we're going to fall right into a trap, you know? And the first thing we're going to see is a half-naked woman or a half-naked man or whatever the case is, and we're going to end up falling into sin very quickly. And so we just have to change the way that we're approaching our days and approaching things because the enemy is always going to try to lay traps and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's good. I appreciate that. Did you want to share? Um, yeah. Um, so similar to David, um, the biggest thing for me was porn. Like all my entertainment led to porn. Um, looking on Instagram, just scrolling. Now next thing you know, I'm on this porn site or on Twitter, like the porn. So yeah. it was one of those things where like, okay, God had delivered me from, um, you know, drinking and stuff, but I still had more barriers that stopped me from connecting with him. And that, that was one of it. So I had to, like he's like David said, I had to switch my feed. I had to change exactly what I'm like looking at. So part of that is also walking in purpose. So now I'm walking in purpose that God called me in. So now I have to be involving myself in the things that relate to my purpose. So wherever that may be. And so that consumes my mind. So the moments I feel, oh, lustful, I want to pour in. Nah, like I'm supposed to be handling business. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be securing my future. I'm supposed to be, you know, connecting with God, reading my Bible, setting time apart to spend with him too. That's a big thing too. Being consistent in your time with God because those moments that you feel weak, that quiet time you have with God is what's really going to save you. Because that's where you get on your knees and you're like, listen, Lord, I can't do this. This is hard. Help me. And in that moment, you feel that peace. In that moment, you get that strength. And so that's what I had to do consistently, consistently. And that's what I'm still doing to this day. And uh, another thing, too, is uh, I don't know how many of you watch anime, but I do. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> not going to lie. But a lot of anime out here um, is like very demonic, you know, demon powers and like, you know, like spiritual and like curses and you know what I'm saying? And it's like you're inviting that into your house and that was very hard for me because it's like, this is entertaining. But at the same time, I'm inviting so much demonic things into my life, just like Gabrielle was saying about like horror movies and stuff like that, that are impacting me, whether I know directly or indirectly, whether I'm having nightmares or whether I'm having spiritual attacks. And so I had to be intentional about that too. So entertainment was very big. That's real. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy, man. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Especially when you're with, you're with people. Yeah. And you guys are, are like watching stuff, and it's like, what, what am I to do? Like, yeah. I'm I'm in this setting. Oh my, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Now that's real. I appreciate you guys sharing that. I feel like that leads us into what I wanted to talk about next because you talk you talked about spending time with God, and one of the questions, you know, we we did the the QR code where you guys could send in questions. And one of the questions that was asked is like, okay, okay, I know all these things that like I probably shouldn't do because they're not the healthiest for me. I think we've kind of established that. I think that even as you guys were talking, we, we found that typically like drinking doesn't make anybody a better person or a healthier person or you're the best version of yourself. Uh, same thing with a lot of the things that you know you probably shouldn't be watching or listening to, but what do you do instead? Because a lot, of, a lot of us, that's the biggest struggle is like, oh, I would give this up, but what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to pray all day? Am I only supposed to look at the Bible and sermons? Am I like, what am I supposed to do with life? What does a healthy life look like when you are not doing what maybe the rest of the world does uh, to enjoy or entertain themselves? So I'll go again. So like basically 
when it comes to having fun, I said earlier, go bowling. Like, just do that. I'm just playing. I'm just joking. Don't go bowling. <laughs> no, go bowling. But, like, no, just, I mean, there's so many things you can do that can edify, that can make you um, have quality time with people, that can, that can develop your, 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 your um, communal friendships. So many different stuff. You can go to the movies. You can, you know, you can go hang, hang out, go to the theme parks. Like, it doesn't have to be every time turn up, every time pregame, every time we're drinking. For what? It's sometimes, sometimes we can, we can do things, we can do things that, like, actually bring us happiness. Like, at the end of the day, we can be like, wow, we remember what we did. And we took pictures, and we had fun, and we enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that's what I had to kind of get into. You know, I had to, and that's how I strengthened a lot of my relationships, a lot of my brotherhoods that I have now. It's through these activities, you know, and also, again, back to the purpose thing. When you're walking in alignment, like, God shows you your purpose, and so that takes a lot of your, a lot of your focus off of the wrong things because you know you're building something. You're building something for his glory. You're building something for your future family. You're building something for your, for your family that, you know, might be struggling or going through stuff, and so that consumes your mind to where it's like, okay, I could be doing this, or I could be planting seeds for the next generation. I could be planting seeds, you know, for my, for my family, for my kids' kids. So that's another thing. So I implore you guys and beseech you, like, really walk in purpose and, and, and find that. And if you don't know where it is, I'm telling you, those quiet moments, God will show you. God will, God will literally show you, like, this is what I want for you. This is where I want you to go, and this is how I want you to go. And if you feel like you can't do it, I will give you the capacity because I am God. So... Um, so like one thing I said you guys could do for fun, like I feel like I never knew I had a hidden hobby. So I was just, you know, quick story. So I, I was just sitting at home and I was just like, God, what should I do? Like, I ain't got nothing to do now. Cause you know, I'm, I used to be in Atlanta, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I said, what should I do? And he was just like, write. Um, believe it or not, writing, you guys could get a lot of things off uh, when you write. And like I said, I picked up poetry and I didn't even know I liked the poetry. Um, so, I mean, that's something that's for me to, you know, that I find interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I'm a homebody. So, with that being said, I like to be home. Um, but staying at home does have its challenges. I mean, I'm sure there's some people in the house that are homebodies. Y'all don't really care to go out and do things. I mean, I don't mind it. I enjoy it. Um, but when you're home, that's also a place where you can be tempted to do things that you shouldn't be doing. Um, and so I just, uh, I mean, being married and, you know, having a house and, you know, it's a little bit different. Your lifestyle is a lot different. You're not really out all the time with people. You have responsibilities and things you have to do. So I um, like to garden. I like doing yard work. I think that is great. I mean, I love it. Like, you know, I just pop my little headphones in, mow the lawn. You know, I just, I love it. And you get a little workout in at the same time. You know, so just little things, like, like he was saying, just hobbies and, and picking things up. But another thing for me also is community. I do enjoy being around people. Even though I am a homebody, I enjoy um, building that fellowship with amazing women of God like Gabrielle, one of, who's one of the many people that I really just, I love and I trust and I can, I can open my heart up to and share those things and, um, and then do that while we're bowling or going out for coffee or doing whatever. Um, and then it just, 
you leave the situation or you leave the place that you're at edified. You leave full. You leave like just ready to continue pressing into the Lord. And so I think more than just the places that we're going, like bowling, the movies, or whatever we're doing, right, that's fun and enjoyable, it's who we're with that is very important. Because the activity is great. You know, it, it fills us. It, it gives us joy. And But we want to leave edified. We want to leave encouraged. We want to leave knowing that, man, like, I got people that have my back. And so... Definitely, like, go bowling, do putt-putt, all that stuff. Like, that's fun. Mow your lawn. I don't know. But, you know, but just make sure you have great people around you that's going to edify you and build you up. So, yeah. Yeah, so piggybacking off her, she kind of led into what I was going to say. Um, having the right people in your circle is going is to help you determine the activities that you do. And so one thing that had to change in my life was – which we're gonna go into next is my friendship group. And so my friends that I was walking with before were like, let's go to the club, get your outfit on this day, then wear it on this day, and then go to church on Sunday. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And once I submitted that, I was like, God, I can't have these friends anymore. And I was like, I'm in a new group of friends. They all serve Jesus, they all serve Christ. We came up with things that we genuinely love. Like God gives us gifts, he gives us talents. And so I know one of my talents is not dancing in the club. So what I'm going to do is I love karaoke. So I'm learning, God, how can I turn this into something that's going to glorify you? And so if you look at your life like, okay, I used to drink. I don't drink anymore. So what I love to do is make like fruity drinks, like ginger beer is not beer, clarifying. Ginger beer is just ginger that it's what, like fermented or something? Well, no, that would make it alcohol. Okay, never mind, y'all. It's just ginger, I promise. And I put fruit, and I'm like, this is great. Like, I love going to the pool, and it, it just kind of, like, doesn't make me desire alcohol because I'm like, no, it's just a fruit drink. Or I get a LaCroix and crack it open into a glass and make ice and just put a fruit on it and be like, this is great. <laughs> and so you have to kind of like go through, what are my struggles? Okay, my struggles are this. How can I do something that's not that, but still using that gift to glorify God. And so I love karaoke, I love dancing, I love like salsa dancing. You guys can get on YouTube and learn lessons. We learned lessons during COVID. Like we're fun, okay? <laughs> Christians are fun, y'all. I just wanna like, disclaimer, we are fun. Um, but other things are like crafting. Like during COVID, like I learned that I love to make things. I love DIY, so like, I'm always like, I'm the one clicking on houses on Instagram and learning how to do new things. And so one thing that I would just encourage you guys is to look at what God has placed within you and bring people around you that are gonna help continue to pull those things out. And so, you know, for me, it's like I have friends that are into like organizing. So like, he doesn't like organizing, but I love organizing, cleaning. So I have like a crew that I'm like, hey girl, how did you organize this? And like, we talk about that stuff and it's fun, I promise. And so, encourage you, you don't have to struggle with certain things. You can actually have fun as a believer, as a child of God. So here's what I would draw from just about everything that they said. Um, you can enjoy yourself both by yourself and in community. You have to find out who you are. 
You have to find out who you are. You have to find out what you like because some of the things that they're sharing, you're like, well, I don't want to do poetry. Well, I don't want to organize. Well, that's fine. You need to figure out what you like to do because like she said, you're calling what you were designed to do is not just go to a building with dim lights and a bunch of alcohol and listen to music. Like you can, when we really look at it, it's like, okay, partying is not all that. Like you come home smelling like all types of stuff and it gets old after a while anyway. And so I'm saying that because I know a lot of us are listening to these things like that doesn't sound like it compares, you know, to going out and doing certain things. But the reality is, if you if you haven't figured it out yet, when you're doing those things long enough, you realize it's not all that fun anyway. And so when you figure out who you are, you will be able to enjoy yourself. Like Emmanuel said, when God is speaking purpose to you and when what you're doing is going somewhere. Man, I know people who I was partying with 10 years ago who are still partying. And I'm like, bro, it's no longer cool. Like, I was bored back then. You 10 years later and you're still doing this, spending all this money. Some of y'all are trying to figure out why you don't have any money, but you're going out spending it all at parties. It's like you you start to learn like, okay, man, there are better ways to invest my time and invest my money. And and that's just in terms of knowing who you are. And when you know who you are, you will also attract the right people to you. But you have to be in the right space to meet people. Some of you guys are struggling with who to hang out with because you always meet people in secular environments. And so when you're looking to follow Jesus and you're like, all right, man, how do I follow Jesus with people that I like? Well, you need to get around the people who are following Jesus first. And that doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with everybody in the church, but you're going to find your tribe. You're going to find your people. It happens all the time. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I have a question. Okay. I know a lot of people, um, they, so they hear this, they're like, yeah, okay, don't go to the club. It's not good. Cool. Great. But what if I have, say, a family member has like, an event at the club or they do something in that regard, like what am I supposed to do? How do I navigate that? Especially if it's someone I'm close with or someone that I know and they just have a celebration or whether like a couple of days ago, I had like a, um, he was celebrating his baby's uh, birth and they went to the club. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they went to the club. Yeah, not gonna lie. <laughs> they went to the club. Yes. So. Of course, I knew I wasn't going to, they had the dedication like the next day, but I knew I wasn't going to go to that. So I went there, but my, my friend was like, bro, it looks like the Holy Spirit is calling you to leave this place now. Like, because I was just so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, he, he really tells me, he's like, no, but it, it looks like the Holy Spirit is calling you out of this place because you're looking very tense. And I wasn't drinking that. So I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I'm here so I don't get fined. Like, I'm just, you know. But, um, yeah, so how do you navigate that, like, in your Christian walk? Because, you know, yeah, you don't want to go to a club, but maybe, like, you know, there's allegiances to, like, your family or your friends, and you, you, you don't want to, I guess, disappoint, or you just want to show love, and you know you're not going to do the things that you used to do, yeah. but how do you, being in that space as a Christian, how do can you I, navigate that? Can I answer That's that? a great question. I actually had something I wanted to say right, to it, ahead. and then can I throw it to you right after? Sure, for sure. So this person, at the, for instance, that situation, right? Um... A lot of times when situations like that are happening, you get somebody a gift, right? Does that person get to tell you exactly how much money you're going to spend out of your bank account to give them the gift? 
Definitely not. Right, because you value that. So look at how, how, look at how adamantly you're like, no, because that's valuable to you. For me, my time is valuable to me. Where I am is valuable to me. The environment I'm in is valuable to me. And so I can say no just like that. Like, bro, I, I love you. I'm glad you're having a baby. I will come over. I will bring your baby a gift. What do you need for your baby? But I'm not going to the club with you. So just like you'll determine what you're going to give as a gift, he could be like, yo, could you spend $1,000 on my baby for this gift? You're going to be like, nah, but I got you on this 25 to 50, though, easily. Or if we real close, then more. But you see what I'm saying? Like, we don't have issues putting boundaries on things that, that we value. But until you value your time and the environment and your calling enough, I know that there's nothing good for me there. And I know that there's nothing really good that's going to come for you from me being there except us saying I went. And so let's cut that. And how about I, I, this is how I'm going to engage with you. And that's how I do with all of my friends who are not following Jesus. I have plenty of friends. We can talk, but we know, they know if they're doing, if they want to do a birthday party at a club, I'm not going to be there. If they want to do a dinner, I might pull up. You know what I mean? But they just know. And it's no love lost because we have relationship. And so I don't have to be in the club for us to be friends or else we not friends. Right? And so if I have to go everywhere that you want me to go for us to be friends, we're not friends. But if we're friends, then we'll understand and want the best for each other. And so whether I'm at the club or not, they don't care. You feel me? Did you want to add something to it? That was exactly what I was about to okay, say. Okay, bet. I said don't compromise <laughs> your faith for anything or any, yeah. anything that's going to defile it. Like just run the other way. And like he said, if they're really your friend and they respect you, then there's no love lost. There's, there's an understanding, but you said everything. You, yeah. You a pastor, so you. <laughs> and just like if I invite you to church, you might say no. If you invite me to the club, I'm going to definitely say no. So, um, so uh, one, of the, one of the last questions I wanted to, to touch on was we talked about the, the category of relationships, and this is kind of speaking to it, navigating what a healthy friendship consists of. And so I wanted to ask you guys, um, your circle, who you involve yourself with, what your lifestyle is, like that's one of the most important things in your life. What does a healthy friendship consist of? How do you determine Who's a good person to have in your life? Who might not be? Uh, I know there are no black and white rules on that. So how has God led you in this area? Uh, yeah. How has God led you in this? Um, I think when it comes to friendships, the biggest thing is just honesty. Um, I think that's been one of the, probably one of the foundations to the friendships that I do have is our ability to be honest and transparent. Um, one thing that I really look for in friendships is how does this person edify me? Like, and individually as a person, like what, what fruits are they bearing? What are they producing in their life? Um, a lot of the friendships that I do have, which are few, I don't have a lot of super close friends, but the friendships that I do have that are very close, it has grown me in such a way where I'm like, man, like I'm a lot closer to Jesus. Like I'm more healed. Like I have more revelation. Like my, my friendships take me to a deeper depth with Christ. And that's something that I really look for in a friendship. And, and not to say that I'm standoffish to anybody that, 
you know, maybe is, I don't know, they're not like super solid, I guess, or whatever you call it. Um, but it's, it's that space of your heart that we have to really guard and say, who am I going to let into this, this space? Um, are they going to edify my life? So I really just look for that in friendships. Honesty, and because you have to be realistic, people aren't perfect. You know, uh, in the church, outside of the church, we make mistakes. You know, we, sometimes we navigate situations wrong. We do things wrong. We might maybe offend someone without the intention to hurt them, but how, what, what does their integrity look like? Are, are they a person that is able to take responsibility? Are they self-aware? Are they able to come to you and say, hey, like, I didn't navigate that right, or I didn't use wisdom. Like, I look for that, for humility in the person, because people are gonna, you're gonna hurt each other. <laughs> like, you're gonna have disagreements, you're, but how, how do we navigate that? Or do they look like Christ, or are they like, like deleting your number and blocking you every three days, like, you know, or like just, just you, you, you need to look for someone that is really looking at Jesus and is trying to be more Christ-like and is, is following the Lord in that capacity. So that's, that's kind of how I gauge it. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> so uh, one of the things I look for is, is, is a growth mindset, uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically, like, especially being men, like, can we be vulnerable? Can we speak about the things that we're going through? Can we, you know, kind of go, go through the, 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 the traumas that we've experienced in life and come through the other side with Christ at, at the center? And so those are the type of things that I look for, and those are the things that um, I look for as far as pouring into them and then pouring into me also. Because there's a lot of friendships where you feel like you're, you're constantly giving. You're constantly draining yourself. You're constantly trying to friend them to Christ. And even in relationships, date them to Christ. But it's like, if we can have um, a mutual understanding of one another, have the honesty, the openness, the transparency, um, that's what I look for. Because it's, it's, it's deeper than just us just having a good time. Like, how can we leave an impact on each other's life? How can, when I have kids, how can I know that I'm going to leave them in your care and you're going to teach them the best that you could teach them. Like, that's what I look for. And so, uh, I definitely cultivated that, and that's what I've been intentional about cultivating this season. Um, I have some people I lived with, uh, roommates, Henry and Kenny, and you know, living with them really, really helped me because they helped me with my celibacy um, when I decided to be celibate. Uh, they helped keep me accountable with like, just how I navigated situations. And so, that growth level uh, has helped elevate me and elevate them too, because now they, they, look, they look to me and I look to them, and we kind of have that iron sharpens iron mentality. And so that's what I, you know, that's what I look for. That's, that's how I know they're gonna be in my life forever. So. Okay, so I wanna give two perspectives. So when I was trying to get serious about my walk with God, it was really hard for me to find Christian friends. Now, Lord, guide me with what I'm about to say. He is so faithful. Okay. Sometimes people who claim that they're Christian can be a little awkward. Okay? A little awkward. Yeah. A little weird. <laughs> and I would go to church and I would press in. I'm like, God, I want community. God, I'm done with these old friends. Like, I'm submitting this to you. Now bring me some community. And then I remember I was sitting in a church and I was like on, the, on this side and there was like a row of all these like, they're like, yeah, we're just like on fire for Jesus. And I was like, cool, you know what, God? I'm gonna try this out. I'm gonna try it out. I was like, you guys know what? I have my own apartment, come on over. Now this is my first attempt bringing Christians to my apartment, you know? So I'm like, it's gonna be great. 
And I'm like, they're in my living room. And I'm like, okay, this, this is real weird. Like, they were doing stuff that I was just like, so, like, have you guys ever drank before? What? Drinking? Oh, my God. I'm like, partied? No, never. And so, like, I'm like, okay, God, like, how do I even relate with these people? So I was just like, you know what, God, I made it. Unfortunately, I made a vow after that. And I was like, God, I am never doing this again. Like, Christianity friends, I'm good. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do, God. I remember praying this. It's just, I don't recommend this, okay? Don't recommend it. Online, don't recommend it. I was like, God, if you don't send me friends that went to the club, smoked weed, drank, turned up, and that do makeup and look really cool, I'm not going back to church. I kid you not, this brother answered that prayer a week later. A week later, I went to go get my makeup done at the mall, and this girl was doing my makeup, and she's like, yeah, so we switched your appointment. I'm your new makeup artist. And I was like, great. She's like, so where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to the club. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, so like we have a church. Like I go to this church, like it's right by ASU campus. And I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, so I want to invite you. Here's my number. Conversation was longer. I was like, okay. Went to this event. God's like, you're going to that church. I woke up and I texted her. I was like, hey, I'm coming. Then I saw everyone that I prayed about, people that were smoking weed, people that were drinking. But they were like saved at this point. But I'm like, yo, you used to smoke. Oh, my God, this is great. Because this is the reason why. Because I wanted to understand how someone who drank, smoked, went to the club can live a transform transformed life. Because in front of me, I saw people that never went to the club. So I'm like, how do I even like do this? But what happened was, is like seeing those people on fire for Jesus completely changed my lifestyle. And God answered my prayer because he was like, I got to get this girl what she wants. I got to <laughs> save her. And so literally from that day forward, my life completely changed. And so I was able to see like, you are who you hang out with. And from that day forward, I never went back to the club. I never drank again. I never smoked. I never did any of that because I was just like, I am so done. If these cool people can do this, I could be just as cool. And now we're here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Did, were you wanting to share something? Yeah, just um, something quick. Um, Piggy off what my boy has said. Um, it's, it's real, like, finding, like, that genuine people who's having the same mindset. That's, that's so real. Because, like, you don't want to just go somewhere and you'd be like, hey, y'all want to go to the club on, you know, the Saturday and then go to church the Sunday. Like, that wasn't working with me. So I found people... Like, you know, my friends, like, hey, bro, Dave, we're going to go to church. We're going to go to Fusion. We're going to go here. You want to go to these church events? I'm like, y'all lit, bro. Like, this is, like, dope. So, yeah, just finding people who's just genuine and just have the same mindset. Instead of going here, let's go read the Bible and sit down. And just kind of having that mind. It's just the mindset for me that's so big. Um, so that's a friendship relationship. And, like, also if somebody's, like, pulling y'all out of church, then y'all just need to, like, kick them to this, like, kick rocks. Like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. I, I will say one more thing too. Yeah. I think through having genuine friends, you're exposed to even more people, like Gabriel was saying, even more people who are who are just like that. And so it creates like a network. And that's one thing I was able to develop too. I was able to meet more people that helped me along the way that they went through things that I went through. And so I was able to like pour into them. And they were going through things that like, you know, that 
hadn't been through, but it taught me how to like have like a certain level of grace and understanding and be able to be empathetic towards them so I could learn and I could grow. And so that's, I mean, yeah, you yeah. are who you, your company you keep. That's good. Yeah. I, th I think that one of the most important things to understand is building a community is really the goal, right? And so sometimes we can just be looking for like best friends, but you really need a community. I even talked about it last week, like different levels of closeness, different levels of friendship are necessary in your life. So sometimes you're gonna need, I, I found in my life, God has sent me to connect with people who have such a similar story to me. It's crazy, you know? But then I also connect with people who have a very different story than me. And we're all called to be the body of Christ. And there's actually, you can learn so much from people who are different than you. One of the things that we have to learn is how to be around people who are different because you needed some people who you could relate to and be like, okay, I can talk to you about when I'm struggling or feeling tempted to go back and do this. But then sometimes it's necessary to hear from somebody who doesn't struggle with that at all. So they have a different thought process. And it's like, oh, I can learn something from them because they don't even struggle with this. And so they operate a whole different way. And so there's beauty in all the different perspectives. And so when you go to a small group, which is where I would highly suggest going to meet some good people, know that you're walking in not with the mindset of, okay, I got to meet people who think exactly like me, who, who talk exactly like me, who look exactly like me. But man, I'm looking for a variety of different connections in my life and I'm open to whatever God wants to do. And sometimes, man, you, you walk into a space and you don't feel like you connect with everybody. Uh, you may not feel like you connect with anybody. I remember being in that type of situation, but then the more you come around people, because let me tell you, when you are, especially when you're like first coming into, to, into the things of God, who you are in that season is not who you're always going to be. And so in that moment, you just might still be super worldly. Like, let's be real. So for me, I know, man, if all I know is the club, if all I know is drinking, partying, like all this stuff, then yeah, I might not connect super well with somebody who does none of those things, but I can grow and learn a lot from that person. And I remember uh, even in the last thing that I wanted to ask, and I actually specifically, um, I, I specifically wanted to ask uh, the, the, I wanted the three of us who are married to, to talk about this because specifically in the dating space, uh, trying to find the right person can be so complicated. Dating can be so complicated. It can be stressful. Oh man, it feels like it takes forever. Uh, I will say, I mean, it takes forever until you find the person and it's like, you're just looking for one. All you got to get is one, right? All you got to find is one. Sometimes it's just difficult to find that one. But I remember, man, when we first started talking, I feel like, you know, what you guys may not know about our story is we started talking and it was super light. It was super surface level. And we really did not connect at first. Like it was like, I mean, she's, you know, she's beautiful, but I don't, I mean, she cool. And she kind of felt like the same, like, oh, okay, he's cool. Like we're not really talking about nothing though. And um, and so we had like FaceTimed a couple times because she was in Arizona. We had met on Instagram. So for, so you, some, 
for some of you guys who don't know, we met on Instagram in 2015, just like by chance. And we talked and it was like, okay, but she's across the country, I'm across the country. And in that time, we didn't like super connect with each other because we didn't really have anything in common at the moment. And then six months later, we had stopped talking. She had changed her number and everything, like ghosted me. And it was really a wild story. And I told you guys some of the... I changed my number because (laughs) it was a struggle. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to change my number. He'll never know. Like, I disappeared. And then it just wanted to throw that. You said you had a pattern of doing that, though, right? Yeah. So every... (laughs) Okay. Side note, one of my struggles growing up was men. So every time I was like, man, I just got to let this dude go. I was like, I don't want to tell him. I'm just going to change my whole number. So I was known for having like seven, eight numbers because I was like, it's easier this way. You don't got to know. I know. And we're good. Not not the healthiest approach. No, it's not. To having difficult conversations. days before Jesus. But, um, you know, six months later... After I had, so I was living, I was actually living in Birmingham, Alabama for work for like two years. And I was just about to move. I was in a transition season. She was in a transition season, like doing, starting her first year of teaching. And we were just like busy and not super connecting at the time. And it just kind of fell off. She changed her number and I was like, well, you know, I guess, you know, there it goes, (laughs) you know, but we weren't like super deeply connected anyway. Six months later, uh, we end up reconnecting and I had moved back to Atlanta. I had come back to victory because what I knew, the reason that I had left my job out there is because I knew God was calling me back to Atlanta and here to victory, not for a job. I never would have thought I'd be working here. I just wanted to be back in a good church. I did not come here to do ministry. I was doing business stuff, never thought that would be the case, but I was like starving for godly community. I wasn't connecting with anybody out there. And I'm like, man, I just feel like I'm just trying to do life with just me and one friend. Like I need more community. I need to be back in my church. And I just really felt like God was leading me. So I moved back here. I started serving in the high school ministry And she was actually the director of her children's ministry at that church that that girl had invited you to, right? And so when we reconnected six months later, like it was a spark because God had done so much in my heart, like for youth ministry. Uh, And she was in youth ministry and we just connected like on the things of God at a deeper level. And, And it's a connection that we had never made. So I'll say sometimes your lack of connection with people is just based on who you are in the moment that you're not always going to be. I had grown just over a period of six months. I had gotten back in a church because I wasn't in a church at the time. So I was just out here being a Christian, but I wasn't in church. And so when I was back in church, in community, and doing ministry, God had shifted so much in my heart that actually led me to connect with my wife. So some of y'all might just need to start serving in the church instead of just pulling up every few weeks. And maybe you'll get somebody, I'm just saying. But, um, but so with, with that being said, just really short, uh, if you guys could share maybe just one piece of advice for the selection process that could be so difficult, um, even in whether it's waiting on somebody to find you, you know, you trying to, you know, figure out who is uh, the right person. If you guys could give one piece of advice, what would it be to the married people? Wait, to the married people? No, 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 sorry, from the married people. Oh, I was like, 
No, I don't mean that. That's that is <laughs> for you guys. I was just saying, like that doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give you is do the inner work with the Holy Spirit. Please, please, okay? And it's for the women, the ladies in the building who are waiting for their Boaz to find them, right? Please do the inner work because a lot of times when we aren't doing the, and I, this is something I wish I would have told myself a long time ago, um, while I was in the process of, you know, being in and out of relationships because when you, when the person that is seeking you out, right, you're going to be able to identify that that is a man of God because you are being healed and made whole. You understand your value, your identity in Jesus Christ. When you don't do the inner work and you have a lot of brokenness and you have a lot of wounds and you have a lot of some, some bad habits, you know, some women in the building, maybe there's a little bit of uh, control or there's a little bit of things, right, that we've adapted from our own mothers or the household and environments that we were raised in. We start to project that and that starts to manifest in our relationships. And that's why maybe some of us, a good guy does come our way. But because we don't do the inner work and we're not able to recognize what the Lord is bringing to us, we sabotage it. So you have to do the inner work. Because if you don't do the inner work either, you start to accept and settle for things that are below the standard of what Christ has for you. So do the inner work. And I'll tell you, while you're doing the inner work and you're just spending time with Jesus and you're falling in love with Jesus... <laughs> you gonna look up and be like dang my boy right there I didn't even know like I didn't, I didn't feel the time you know so definitely please ladies please 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 do the inner work with Jesus let him heal you let him restore you let him make you whole let him be the person that you fall in love completely and madly in love with first please I beg you it makes it so much better I promise <laughs> Amen, girl. Ooh, took me to church. Um, so a couple things to go with that. I think one for me is, you know, ladies, I'm going to speak to you because I'm not a man. So we get encouraged to write these lists, right? Who has a list in here? Raise your hand. Okay. Yes. Yeah, now, what I'm about to share is sometimes we can idolize that list to the point that we miss who God has right in front of us. And so I learned that just this year that I had 20 things on my list, y'all. 20 things. Because I was like, if he's a counterfeit, I'm going to know because I'm going to look down. Nope, you don't got five out of 20, you know. But the thing was is, ladies, your expectations Make sure, number one, there's something that you are actually bringing to the table. Because some of us want, oh, I want him to be a godly man, but then I'm not really godly myself. Or I want this, but then I really don't like to clean, but I want him to clean. You know, these different things that we put on, we really have to submit our desires to God. Because we have our own desires, and he has desires for us, too. My husband right here, this is not who I ever imagined I would be with. And I say that with lots of love, and I love this man. Lord, he's so fine. Okay, sorry, y'all. But 
I just never imagined it because what I did was I was like, okay, I was in the world. I saw a little sprinkles of what I wanted, and then I mixed it in with a little Jesus. So I had a worldly list mixed with what I wanted in a godly man, and then I was like, God, send this one. But what happened was is that I idolized it to the point that even when I got married, I had expectations that I still wanted him to be who was on that list. And so I began to like look, and he knows this, so this is not new, y'all, okay. But I was like, I had to repent to him because I'm like, man, like I really wanted you to be like this and then I wanted you to fit into that mold. And now sometimes when you do things, it's just like, oh, I should be with someone else or whatever these things was whatever these things were. And I had to repent to him and say, I am so sorry that I put that expectation and those things on you that you didn't deserve. And now I am able to see him with this wall down because all those 20 things, yeah, they were good things, but they also had some worldly desires. Like not everything that we desire, like, oh, how he looks, how this, this, this. Ladies, that's okay. Like you want the outward appearance, but you really have to, what I love about my husband the most outside of his physical appearance is that he loves Jesus so much that no matter what takes place in my life, like God knew that I needed him. I didn't even put all of who he is on my list. And God's like, I know this is what you want, Gabrielle, but I have to give you him. This man will pray for me when I'm sick. He will lay hands on me. He will anoint me with oil. He will do everything to the end of the earth for me. And so ladies, I would encourage you, check, check your heart. What are you desiring in that future spouse? Because he might be right in front of you, but you are so focused on having these worldly desires that it's gonna go right past you. So I would just encourage you, pray and seek God. And even if you're in the waiting, like, hey, I'm doing good. I, I, I'm seeking God. I'm not struggling with nothing. I, I just don't have anybody. Be patient because in your waiting, God is doing something in you and through you and working on the other person. And so that's it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I really would echo what both of you guys said. It's so important um, to do the inner work to, again, figure out who you are, like as a healthy person. Um, and to not have expectations that are based on brokenness, that are based on worldliness, that are still, you know, I've, I felt like I had desires that were based on just the dumbest stuff to where we both legitimately didn't recognize our own, like, spouse that we would be very fulfilled with and happy with when talking to each other. Because she had expectations for this. You know, in my mind, I've, my type was still between exes, between things that I had seen. Uh, but, you know, even coming into marriage, like, I'm telling you, desires that you'll have, sexual desires that are based on pornography. Like, these are things that you got to allow God to uproot and be like, oh, God, what is, what is the actual healthy approach to this. Um, and so I would encourage each and every person to just, like Amy said, do the work. Do the work that it takes. It's going to be so rewarding. It's going to be so healthy for you as you are able to have God give you a healthy way of looking at things in a healthy perspective. Cool? All right. Well, I just want to close this out in prayer. You guys, I mean, you guys can clap if that's how you feel. But um, I think... Actually, I will say, can you guys please give it up for everyone who shared? 
thank you so much for everything you guys shared. I just want to close this out here in prayer. This is the close of this particular series. Um, and, and we're going to be, you know, moving forward with some new things that I'm excited about as well. But, you know, I just want to pray for us, for, for God to help us to really walk in health. Cool? So let's pray. Ah, Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in your church. I thank you for everything that was shared tonight, Lord. I thank you for uh, just the fact that you want healthy followers of you. You want us to look like Jesus, think like Jesus, live like Jesus, cultivate friendships like Jesus did. Lord, you want us to treat the opposite sex in the way that Jesus would. Lord, you want us to have fun in a way that Jesus would. You want us to live a whole life. Lord, you said that you came to give us life and life more abundantly, not just a life of suffering, not just a life of not having any fun, not just a life of isolation or abandonment, Lord, but no, you want thriving relationships in our lives. You want thriving friendships in our lives. You want us to be thriving as individuals, walking in purpose, not distracted, not turning to the left or the right, being distracted and sitting down and being idle, Lord. You want us moving forward into your purpose into your calling. You want us to know your love deeper and deeper, Lord. You want us to know who you are deeper and deeper, Lord. And we, I know that the more we learn about who you are, the more we hear your voice, the more we see you move, Lord, the more fulfilled we become. And the more we become expectant of your return, the more excited we become about eternal life. Lord, I pray that you would, even in your word, it's, Paul prays that we would be full of the knowledge of your will. Lord, would you fill us with the knowledge of your will? Fill us with the knowledge of your will for our relationships. Fill us with the knowledge of your will for our entertainment, your will for how we engage with others, Lord, and how we have fun and enjoy ourselves, Lord. Just fill us with the knowledge of your will. Lord, I pray a blessing over each and every small group, Lord. I pray that our small groups would be thriving, Lord, as we seek out community, Lord. And as we go after you, linked arm in arm with other believers, Lord, I pray that this would be a thriving church, Lord, not in attendance, but in passion, in connection, in love for you and in love for one another. Lord, and I pray that we would see this community here at Fusion of Young Adults, Lord, I, I pray that we would see this thrive and grow as we win more and more people to your kingdom. God, I pray that you would build strong small groups, strong families, strong friend groups, God, that we are carrying with open arms, inviting people into, Lord, because this whole world is full of people who want what you have. So help us to not spend our lives wanting what they have. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. May your will be done and your kingdom come. You have your way, Lord. Speak your blessing over us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So just like Pastor Vance mentioned, if you are not a part of a small group, you can go ahead and text JOIN GROUP to 203040, and we would love to get you plugged into a small group. If it is your first time here, we just want to welcome you again. If you didn't get a chance to visit our New Here Lounge, it is directly through those double doors and straight out there, and one of our leaders would love to connect with you and meet you. Um, also, if you need prayer for anything or if something resonated and you just need to navigate that with someone, we're going to have our prayer leaders come up at this time and be available out at the front to pray for you. Um, and other than that, you guys are sent. Have a good night, Fusion.